We're back again at Manchester United. My name is Rohit and I will be joined by Brad Cox to discuss Manchester United's recent trip to Anfield as well as our next Premier League fixture on Wednesday night at Craven Cottage against Fulham. Stay tuned. Hey Brad. Good, how are you? Yeah, good. Can you hear me well? I can hear you but there's a bit of an echo. Let me see if this is better. Is that better? Yeah. Yep. Much, much better. Good stuff. Good. Sorry about a little bit of chopping and changing. My work has been a little bit tough. I'm running 10, 12 hour days. So it's fine. Pardon me. No worries, bro. Good. Uh, sorry, I was a little bit late on getting those that that those topics across to you. But uh, uh, how do you feel about them? You think it's it's okay? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Good. Ready to start? Yeah, mate. Okay, let's go. Brad, nil nil at Anfield, Manchester United and Liverpool. What are your feelings after the game? Was it more like two points dropped or one point fair result? I think I think it was definitely a one one point gained. Um, I don't think you expect to go to Anfield and pick up three points. Um, the way the way the game panned out, I thought United were were by far the better side in the second half. Created a lot more chances and obviously ended the game with more chances on more shots on target than Liverpool. But Liverpool's dominance in possession in the first half was, was so so visible throughout and uh, really showed why they are a top quality team that that can really damage anyone even even with the the injuries. So I think. You know, away from home, um, you know, tough, tough period, lots of games uh, against the current champions. Remember, um, I, th- I think it's definitely a point gained. Interesting, because for my side, that was um, a little bit different. I kind of felt like we lost two points over there because, yeah, clearly yeah, Liverpool set the standard last year. They were absolutely ruthless, right? But if you look at that game yesterday, first 20-25 minutes, Thiago was absolutely balling. I mean, he had way too much control and dictating the tempo way too much. Yeah. Now, in the second half, we did have some great chances. There was Pogba, there was there was Bruno, right, with a really long stretch of, of Ole ball, as we call it. And he almost uh, almost finished it off, right? Uh, just a little bit better placement that he could have beaten Alisson there. I kind of felt really sad about that. I felt like we, we should have come away with, uh, with three points. Yeah. But... If you reflect now, let's say one year ago, I remember Man United went to Liverpool. Uh, we lost 2-0 and uh, Gary Neville said, I've never seen the stadium singing, uh, now you're going to believe us, we're going to win the league, right? Uh, but here we are, a year later, a nil-nil draw and maybe some fans like me saying, we should have got all three points. How much progress does that signify to you of this Manchester United squad under under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Well, I think it would mean a lot more if Liverpool had a full squad. You you can't really forget that they were playing with Fabinho and Jordan Henderson at centre back, which arguably United should have capitalised on better. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest things was United weren't too attacking. They didn't really believe that they could score. And when they were going forwards, they never looked dangerous. They never looked like they had the belief and strength and 
the mentality wasn't really there. And then when Liverpool came forward, this is Liverpool side who hadn't scored in three games. Um, they, 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 the, the, the defense seemed to be seemed to be scared a little bit. They seemed to sort of just um, worry as soon as Liverpool got near the eighteen-yard box. And and that's something that it, it definitely is a mentality issue, and something that shows Liverpool's dominance over the past two three years. And, and and I think it showed United Manchester United showed too much respect towards Liverpool, and uh, arguably I think that's why they why they didn't pick up the three points. They were too cautious. Um, but how much progress have United made? I think that's obviously so clear in in the league position. You know they're still top of the table, albeit Manchester City might win their game in hand and then go top, which would wouldn't be wouldn't be a surprise. Um, but you know to be top of the league in January after what is it seventeen games now. Um, I, I think that's definitely progress under Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. And, you know, after that Burnley win, it was the first time United have been top of the table at this point in stage, uh, at this stage of the season since Sir Alex Ferguson. So 100% it's progress. Now you, you made an important point about the defence of, of Liverpool, right? Even though they're making, they may, they've got a makeshift defence with, uh, with Fabinho and Henderson there. How good was Fabinho yesterday with his positioning, right? I mean, he got it pretty much spot on every single time yeah he was i mean he really did he really did like um control that defense he was almost like you know the old of jamie carragher on emmanuel vidic he really really put a uh a, a foot on the game and he really got the ball under control and whenever someone attacked i mean just look at that look at that tackle he made on marks rashford towards the end when marks rashford maybe should have maybe should have squared it but um but you know i think Fabinho. Considering he's not a cent- he's not an original centre back, did a fantastic job, and I think that's what what you'd kind of want United to have someone so versatile and so able to play in multiple different positions. Because um, you know I think it would have been a different story if United hadn't have had their two starting centre backs. I think uh, United could have been in in great trouble. Yep, and uh, you know one of the the, the things about. Um pre-match reactions, right? I mean, when I looked at that lineup, I saw, hey, we've got a really good chance to go at them. Right? But on the other side, when the Man United uh, lineup came in, um, there was quite a strong reaction to Eric Bailly being benched and Victor Lindelof taking his position instead. Did he vindicate himself, in your opinion? Um, yeah, I think Lindelof showed his showed his true worth. Um and I, I said it said it before the game. I think Bailly sometimes um, just lacks that that calm calm head. And I think Lindelof dealt with everything that came his way yesterday. Um, some great great blocks, especially some crosses that came in. He was the first one to be clearing it. Um, and the other thing about Eric Bailly is we still don't know if he can play this amount of games in a row without without kind of getting an injury. I think that would have been. Would have been quite quite the test, and Solskjaer didn't want to risk that, so he gave Lindelof a week off, like he said against Burnley, gave him time to to prepare for this game, and I think he did really well. One of my my top three things, right, to that Manchester United need to do to win this title is is to keep Eric Bailly fit. Uh, he really solves that problem of pace besides Maguire, right? Maguire is so much more. Uh, reassured besides him. Yeah, but clearly yesterday, Lindelof, when he came in, he's so much better than Bailly when it comes to playing out of the back, but he does lack that aerial threat or that pace that Bailly has. So Overall, I thought that it was a great thing that, that Ole has managed and had the right combination uh, in, in most games, right? Of, of late at least, yeah? 
that's contributed to a great run now in the Premier League. How about Harry Maguire? Um, uh, what, what, what do you mean, how about Maguire? Did you feel that he was solid enough yesterday? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, did did they score? No, you know, you've got the front three that are so, so dangerous. And, and I don't think Maguire was ever really tested. I've, I think I think Leicester tested him more than Liverpool yesterday. Um, you know, you see Maguire getting so much slander online and on, on Twitter all the time. He's United's best centre-back and he has been for the past three or four seasons now. Obviously not under United, he's only in his second season, but out of the centre-back partnerships we've had, um, I think 100% Maguire has been has been the staple and he's been so strong at the back and so reliable. You know, you'd pay £80 million for a player who's going to play every minute of every game. That's what he did last season, play 38 games. Um, and uh, I, I just don't ever see anyone that should be should be you know spreading any negativity about him. He he is Manchester United's centre back. He's Manchester United's captain. And when you're at the games, no fans. As a journalist, you can hear him really commanding and leading this side. That's an advantage that you have, and and constantly makes me really jealous of your life that you can actually go to these games and and hear them right. And uh, if if you log on to Man United's um, uh, YouTube channel and you watch those um, uh, those videos that they have, right, you can really hear him shouting as well. You know, so fans also have a have a good opportunity now. And I agree with you there. His commanding and his his vocal side is is really really strong, right? Now we can't really talk about the defense and praise them without mentioning a really really strongly improved player this season, right? Manchester United's left back Luke Shaw yesterday's man of the match according to Man United fans who re- voted for him by a resounding 45 or 50% of all the the potential candidates how good has he been in the last few months for well, us I think he's been excellent and that's come with the competition of having Alex Tellers you know if Luke Shaw is uh, isn't up to it are they going to Solskjaer can put in Alex Tellers and then then it's Tellers' turn to 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 show his worth um, Luke Shaw, I, I remember him saying it in a post-match interview um, last season. You know, people were questioning uh, whether he needed competition, and he said at Manchester United, you always need competition. You always need teammates that can spur you on. And um, you know, he understood that if he didn't do his job, then he, he would be taken out of the team. And he, he's shown that this season that he, he the Southampton Luke Shaw, uh, going forward, defensively sound. Um, and tell us at times, I think he's left Manchester United's left wing like down the down hit that flank open a few times. Um, but yeah, I think Luke Shaw was excellent yesterday, um, and that's a testament to his his mentality, his character, um, and just just the way he Salah really never got anything going on that right hand side. You know, whether he tried to cut in, tried to dribble past Luke Shaw, sure, I didn't answer for everything, and I thought he was superb. You may remember in our first podcast uh, some weeks ago, we did speak about the the value of competition, right, with Alex Tellers. And I agree with you there. I remember that interview where he said you need competition. And I also realized yesterday that uh, after Luke Shaw went down the tunnel and he, he had an interview somewhere, he did mention, he credited two people. One was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer on his resurgence uh, back to form. And the second one was Alex Tellers. And it's really, really motivating for me as a United fan to see that this this squad is you know, they're really likable, but now they're also trying to starting to push each other in the right way as well. And speaking of people with growing influences in Manchester United's uh, at least on the pitch, Paul Pogba with another quite commendable performance, uh, which has been on quite an upturn now since those Mino Raiola comments before the Leipzig game. 
Paul Pogba, what do you make of his performance and his resurgence after that those Mino Raiola comments? Um, yeah, I think it's been excellent the way he's commanded himself and his attitude towards the game. Uh, started really focusing on what's important and that's how he plays on the pitch. Uh, um, I think those comments made was, was silly by Raiola uh, and I think Pogba was almost almost just as silly not to respond and say, look, what are you doing? You know, publicly come out and say, that's not what, how I feel. Um, but Pogba, you know, all he was missing on the weekend was a goal and he should have had a goal and Solskjaer said he should have had a goal, but it just wasn't meant to be. That, that strike, you know, he found himself a little bit of space in the box um, look to finish and, and it just didn't work but work out for him but um, yeah definitely the influence since since that Leipzig game has been excellent um, you know nearly got Manchester United back into it in that Leipzig fixture um, and then Burnley got the winner you know West Ham also got the, the, got the goal that really turned the game around you know he's been he's been so pivotal for, for Manchester United recently and you know he's given Ole Gunnar Solskjaer a really tough time because it, it was quite simple to leave him out Um and it was quite easy to predict the lineup when Pogba wasn't playing so well. But now Pogba is playing so well, you just don't know who's going to play anymore. And that, that's that's a pretty good good sign for Manchester United that they've got players all over the squad that can do those roles, and, and that's a good sign of squad depth. And I think it's the, the timing, right? Because we know that that um, of course everybody is going to be compared against Bruno, right? That's that's the yardstick of excellence now at Manchester United. And he's had a bit of a, a, a downturn in the last two or three games, which is obviously due to fatigue and tiredness. Totally normal happens with, with the play of that sort of ethic. But how important is it to have Paul Pogba stepping up and delivering much better performances with Bruno uh, arguably needing a rest? How would you manage Bruno during these this, this tough fixture? Well, you know, Bruno's one of those players that doesn't want to, doesn't want to ever miss out. And... Um... You know, at times it is good for a bit of a rest, you know. That's why in 1999, Manchester United had four strikers. You know, York, Cole, Sheringham and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So it's always great to have that rotation and keep players so fresh, you know, especially when nowadays you're playing nearly twice a week. Um, I don't think it would be, I don't think it would be too disastrous to play Bruno Fernandes on the bench against Fulham in midweek and save him for that massive cup tie against Liverpool on Sunday. Um, I think I think that would be a would, would be a good good sign. I remember a great uh, a great quote by Gary Neville and one of his interviews where he said uh, again reflecting on the same thing that you mentioned right four strikers that we have in '99 yeah uh, and I think he said something to the tune of of Sir Alex didn't sign uh, was it Teddy Sheringham or Andy Cole to replace the others he signed them to complement them yeah and. It's a good segue into our next topic on on strikers, right? Marcus Rashford yesterday got caught offside quite a lot. Um, any thoughts well, on I that? I think this is just the first time that this has really happened with Rashford, um, and it's it's because of Liverpool's high line. You know, it's been drilled into them for three or four seasons to play that high line, and it's been working. So that they're sticking with it, and uh, I think sometimes Rashford saw the space in between Allison and the back line and he got too excited. That's all it is. Nothing too serious to really think about. Um, other than, you know, if he stays on side for one of them, he, he had the pace to beat Henderson and Fabinho. Um, but I think that was just a just a reason to commend Liverpool's defence and how, how good they were. 
I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has mentioned two, three times, right? The need for a striker that will break their nose to score goals. And that's why I took the, the offside yesterday as a sort of a positive that Marcus was looking to get into those spaces. It's just a matter of getting that right timing, right? Uh, uh, maybe he was running too quickly or maybe it was also the the uh, the midfielders were a little bit late in their, in their passes. But I'm guessing that it's 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 a matter of time uh, before which that, that starts to really string together, right? But now that's that's enough about Liverpool, Manchester United. Yeah, uh, we're going to see them in another week at Old Trafford, but we've got another game before that. It's the Premier League title, uh, uh, the Premier League uh, clash at, Cot- at Craven Cottage against Fulham. Now Fulham have had a bit of a torrid start this season, right? But then they came back, they beat Leicester, they drew against Liverpool, they drew against Tottenham as well, and one may argue that against those bigger teams. They could have even walked away with all the points. Recently, they've been playing a lot with a lot more intensity. With our strong fixture list, how would you set up against them tactically? Oh, I mean, Craven Cottage is such a narrow pitch, which makes it very difficult to get the wide players involved. So I would almost opt for a diamond formation, uh, heavily dominant midfield. You know, we maybe give. Maybe give Bruno a rest, put Pogba in there with Matic, McTominay, and Fred potentially, um, <clears throat> and or potentially drop one of those and play uh, play Cavani and Rashford up top instead of Martial. I think Martial didn't really offer too much against Liverpool, um, but I think this might be a chance for Tellers to come in um, and prove his worth and give him a break. Um, maybe maybe. Um, Maybe um, Lindelof can have a break as well if he's if he's got a little bit of a back injury still still uh, um, still twinging a little bit uh, and Bayi can come back in and then Lindelof can come back in on Sunday against Liverpool um, but I think that's the way it's going to be um, on 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 the week or is it Wednesday I think it is the game uh, so I think yep. I would start uh, De Gea I'd go for Wambasaka. Uh, I'd go Maguire, Bailly, Tellers, and then I would go Scott, Fred, Matic, Pogba, Cavani, and Rashford up top. I think that would be my side. Interesting lineup, but one of the things that's got to influence this whole thing is uh, is also suspensions, right? And now we know that Shaw is one away from a from a suspension, so that's covered if you start Tellers. Um, as well as uh, Bruno, and uh, I think you mentioned we rest uh, yes. Bruno as well, right? Um, and the last one is Harry Maguire. Yeah? So Harry Maguire is also one away from a suspension, and I would say that that's the one that worries me the most. Don't yeah, you think? I'd, no, I think I think Maguire can I think Maguire can handle himself because if he doesn't get booked in this one, it gets wiped. I think, right? Is it? If I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, if he if he gets booked, well, he will be banned. I'm not sure. Yes, you're correct. Sorry, at the end of half the halfway mark, yes, they do get get uh, wiped off. I've seen that somewhere yeah. as well, but I should probably check it up. Yeah, uh, but fair enough. Yeah, that's a that's a good shout. The only only disagreement I would have there is I would probably play uh, Donny Van der Beek this time. I'd like to give him a round uh, a run out. Um, I think he brings a lot to the to the side, yeah. And he he makes those runs in behind the strikers. First of all, second, he's he's good against a high press if it comes up, and 
let's face it, one way or another, we've got to blend him in more and more to to English football. I don't really see him starting against Liverpool next weekend. Maybe this is a good opportunity uh, instead to have him on the pitch. Yeah, I think Van der Beek might thrive from one of those um, from one of those opportunities. And uh, I also believe that Van der Beek does deserve a run in the side, um, and it could be could be a good time to play Fulham for for, for himself. But he's got to start taking these taking these chances if he is presented it with you know with both hands. I think. I wanted to see more of him against Watford. I don't think he did too much, uh, although it was his best game in the United shirt, but I don't think he did as much as he possibly could have done. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it could be a good opportunity for Van der Beek if, if Solskjaer does grant him it. Good. I guess we'll know on Wednesday whether he's, he's going to take that opportunity or not. And well, most importantly, if he's given it. Final thoughts, your prediction for the score? Oh, I think... Um... You know, I think it's going to be a tough one. I don't think it's going to be a 5-0. I think it could be Manchester United 1, Fulham 0. But it could also, Fulham could also easily score and it could be a comeback. Uh, so, you know, I think I'm going to go with a 3-1 United, I think. Bold prediction, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the scoreline is going to be, but I would I would back Man United to, to win uh, at Craven Cottage. But you never know with Fulham. High-intensity team recently, and uh, let's hope that our boys uh, do what it takes and comes and come back with us still top of the table. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Brad. It's yes, been a pleasure. Mate, no as worries. Always. Absolutely great. What the hell happened with that huge break, man? This damn I anchor know. app. I saw <laughs> that. What was that? that. <laughs> yeah, I really couldn't understand. It just went a little bit blank, and I was because I was cognizant of what you said last time, which is it sounds like there's some some lulls, and that's why I was waiting with my next yeah. question each time. But it just sounded a little bit funny. Uh, let me see. I'll, maybe the yeah, they can edit it out or too. something. I'm not sure. Yeah, minute twelve. Good uh, feedback. Was it better this time? Besides that, <laughs> yeah, besides that little incident. Yeah, I think it's quite good, mate. Um... I think it was a bit shorter, but that's just because there's not as much to talk about, you know. Yeah, it's quite yeah. straightforward this time, right? Uh, and, but I think we, we talked, we had this time less, uh, our yeah. answers were shorter, but yeah, more topics. True. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's see what happens. So, good. Thanks so much, Brad. Right. It was a pleasure as always. No worries. Take care and yes, talk excellent. soon. Yeah, we'll probably do, uh, probably do one after Liverpool on Sunday, right? Yeah, sounds that's good. See you later. Sounds good. Take care. Bye bye. So that's a wrap for today's podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to us today. We hope you liked it. Remember to give us feedback and also subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Twitter for more discussions on Manchester United. See you soon.